Welcome back to Around the Oval. I'm your host, Rohan Makajani, and before we get things started, a few housekeeping things. Please listen through the ads. All the money generated will be donated straight to Pelotonia, so your 30 seconds really goes a long way. We may start to have two episodes per week because these are getting a little bit long now, approaching 50 minutes to an hour. And so I might split it up, have one with the interview and another with rankings and rants and questions. So we'll see. Let me know what you guys think of that idea and we'll test it out next time. More good content is a very good thing. Let's get on to this week's interview with Rob. But first, here's Hang On Sloopy. And we're here with Robert DeSalle. What's going on, Robert? Hello, Rohan, my roommate. You do indeed live with me. You know, I just had to get someone on short notice. But you have some really cool experiences that I think a lot of people can learn some stuff about. So we're just going to jump right into it. Five H's. I don't know if you've listened. Did you listen to the first four? Yeah. Okay, so you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Where's your hometown? Hometown, the big TOL, Toledo, Ohio. In like a suburb or the city? Sylvania, to be specific. Yeah, don't lie. Yeah, no, for all you we're fans being real. out there. Yeah. Who's your hero? Probably is going to be my grandpa. Uh, we call him Jidu, Lebanese. For, Jidu? Yeah. Okay. Why your grandpa? Um, he's just always been a really good role model for me my whole life. He's like the perfect example of someone who knows how to be goofy, but also can be serious at the right time, which is something that I think not many people can master. I feel like that kind of typifies how you present yourself yeah. as well yeah that's that's the, yeah that's kind of what we're gonna get into that a little bit what's a hobby that you have i really enjoy other than watching temptation island other- every tuesday at <laughs> reality love reality tv shows and unfortunately the that's becoming a thing for me i really enjoy coding so i like learning different languages and like learning different computer softwares and stuff so I'll just like download one that I've heard about and just like fiddle with it. And what do you what do you end up doing with that knowledge? Do you just like make? Well, hopefully someday if I, you know, learn enough about certain things, then it could help me, you know, do projects. Sure. And different applications and stuff like that. Have you had any passion projects that you've coded? Uh, very very like intro level. So like nothing has gotten like far off the ground yet. Like Angry Birds level? (laughs) No, like very okay you know just just throwing ideas around type yeah. of thing I'm pretty, that's how minecraft started rob you never know there we go. you I never the next know minecraft cooking <laughs> number four what's a habit that you have a habit that i have is staying up stupid late when i don't need to what do you do when you're staying up stupid late keep it pg a whole lot of <laughs> yikes <laughs> <laughs> you know you never know it could be twitter it could be uh, i gotten back into clash of clans recently that really has Ooh. done it for me that's kind it's of a big un- senior year thing. I know. It's a big all of high school That was 2015. Thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it has come back into my life and I wish it didn't, but <laughs> it's been really uh, taking its toll on me. How are you doing that all night? That can't be it. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a little bit of that. You never, some super smash bros. You never know, dude. It's a mix of everything. Super on brand. Yeah. What do you hope for? Hope to be happy, dude. What do we all hope for? Yeah. Really just finding something that I'm passionate about that I can do for the rest of my life. Sure. So you never so know. So that's a good segue into... Yeah. Our first topic, which is the integrated business and engineering program. Oh, yeah. I knew it as IBE all this time. Never bothered to figure (laughs) out what exactly it was. I'm glad you learned it. So I stopped myself from exploring on the website because I want you to share what it is. 
yeah share a little bit about ibe yeah so for people who don't know ibe is a program that focuses on um, studying the intersection between business and engineering so each cohort um, each class has about 30 students and half of them are business majors who minor in engineering and then the other half are engineering majors who minor in business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so we, we take classes together throughout our college career, um, about one a semester. Uh, we do projects, um, stuff like that. And it really just kind of focuses on how those two disciplines make each other better and how the intersection is just kind of, um, somewhere where a lot of very important things go on. Like you look at all the big tech companies and that's what they really are. It's a right. mix of engineering in some capacity and business as well. How'd you discover IBE? And is it something you came to Ohio State as, or did you have to apply into it? Yeah, IBE was um, kind of one of the big deciding factors for me uh, as a senior. It's funny because whenever I give uh, campus tours, this is how I like start my end spiel about why I chose Ohio State. Um, as a senior, I was I was really undecided as to like what I wanted to do. Business was kind of something I was leaning towards. Engineering was something I knew absolutely nothing about, as mm-hmm. most high schoolers don't but it sounded interesting it sounded creative so I wanted to kind of do both of them and at like one of the Fisher admitted days I kind of just stumbled upon it and looked more into it and realized I could kind of study both business and engineering without having to pick one and that was really appealing to me as someone who didn't want to make a decision yeah for Um, sure and ended up working out really well so what kind of projects do you guys work on and what opportunities has it kind of exposed you to that differentiates itself from other either straight business or straight engineering programs the really cool thing we did first year well i guess i should preface by saying the reason that it's super cool in undergrad is because it exposes you to some um, classes and projects that you really would never do as a business student unless you were mm-hmm. in and like an mba so we've taken a lot of strategy classes with mba professors who you know are telling us this is material that we're teaching graduate students um but also, uh, freshman year, we did kind of a product design and development project. So it was the whole semester, uh, you're giving a theme, and then you have to design a product around that theme. And then um, you kind of watch it come to life. You make like the business model, you start working on the actual prototype and the model, uh, and then you kind of create this actual physical product and present it to like a board of investors. And it's just a really cool, like kind of real life thing that I did like second semester freshman year when I yeah. just... What what was your product? What did your group come up with? So ours was, uh, the theme we were given was some sort of kit. um, And our specific segment was hiking. So like a hiking toolbox is like kind of the theme we were given. You know, it was supposed to be something that you could take out into the wilderness and not necessarily survive only with, but Mm -hmm. it would be one of your things you would take. And ours was um, centered around the stove called the BioLite. And it's basically like a big, it looks like a tin can, but it's hollow in the middle and you like put fire in it. And so we found this product, thought it was cool. And we built like a carrying kit around it that uh, came with like other utensils and other things you would need while camping and hiking and things like that. Did you ever Um, like make it and then use it on a hiking trip? Never on a hiking trip. (laughs) I mean, like we bought the stove, we like made the kit and everything like that. We 3d printed it. um, And we like had it. And we like tested it. We lit a fire in it and stuff like that, but we never, you know, couldn't really take it out <laughs> hiking. It's not a lot. So what other opportunities does IBE expose you to? Well, it's kind of the reason that I enjoy, like most of my passions are what they are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it exposed me a lot to computer science. 
um, which is something I really enjoy on the side of my business major. And that's kind of why I switched to information systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in marketing and then finance and then finally information systems. And that's kind of why is because I realized I really enjoy the technology side of things. Right. And I think that's super cool. That's cool. Yeah. So what types of kids would and should be interested in IBE and how do they go about checking it out? Yeah. So definitely people are looking to be challenged. Um, it's certainly not easy especially as someone who's maybe coming into college as a business major um, and having to take the hardest engineering courses, all the physics classes, all that stuff. So it's not something you really do lightly, but if you're, you know, a creative person and you think that you're able to do that, that's absolutely something that uh, you should check out. Did you run into some friction going through that? Yeah, definitely. First semester was really hard. Um, And it's tough because it's sad. A lot of people, end up having to drop IBE. Um, we're, we're at like 20 students now and we started with 30, mm. like 35, just because it is like so hard to balance both and right. a lot of people don't have room for it. Let's move on to a second defining part of your college experience. And that was a trip you made to Australia through the Fisher College of Business, I believe. You believe correctly. So tell me a little bit more about that. What, when, how long? Fisher has a program called the Summer Global Internship Program. And I knew a couple of friends who did it after freshman year. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They had to go, you know, wherever they want. Yeah. And work. And that's pretty neat. Uh, and so it was like, you know, at the end of sophomore year, I was looking for a job, getting real fed up with the, the whole career search process, as many business students <laughs> do. I was exploring other options and uh, I kind of stumbled upon this program again. And I was like, well, I'm not really gonna have time to study abroad. This would kind of be perfect. So I looked more into it and then um, kind of set it up. And, um, you know, I got to go to Sydney, Australia, lived there for two months with 26 other Ohio State students, made a lot of really good friends. And uh, those are some of like my favorite memories at Ohio State for sure. So did what you do as a freshman in IBE translate over to some of the work that you did in Australia? Yeah, definitely. The role that I had, I worked for Morningstar, which was a financial advisory company, um, but I was on their software development team. So I was doing okay. a lot of coding, a lot of um, website development, a lot of security and things like that, um, which are just definitely things I wouldn't know how to do without mm-hmm. Um, the engineering minor that comes from IBE. And so how did that two-month hiatus help you kind of like reach your career goals? Has it translated into anything further now that you're a second semester, third year student? Yeah, I mean, it kind of helped me realize both the things that I want to do and don't want to do. Which is the biggest part of college, I think. Kind of like filters down the nonsense from what's actually important. Yeah, no, definitely. And there's certainly some nonsense filtered out um, in that summer. Uh, working at the financial advisory firm that I was working at, I realized I really hate finance. And so yeah. that's, you know, I came back, even though I wasn't doing the finance, I was very exposed to it. I wish you guys could see the look on Rob's <laughs> face right now. He's like a holding back from just going in on how much he doesn't like finance. It's hilarious. Oh, gosh. Go. Um, yeah, I, I just realized it's not for me. And I also simultaneously realized while I was on the software development team, I really enjoy the possibilities that come with Mm -hmm. um, computer science and kind of what you can do with it. Yeah. So away from the professional aspect of going abroad. Yeah. What's one unexpected event that happened while you were in Australia that you weren't, you didn't know how to deal with, you ended up managing through it. 
Oh man, the whole, I mean, the whole experience was just one big, like all of us there trying to figure out how to live on our own yeah. abroad together. At least which is English speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is like, it could have been much worse. We could have been confused and not speaking the same language as everyone else. Um, which was actually a big factor in why I picked Australia. Cause I knew mm-hmm. I've given up on learning a language, you know? Yeah. Just living on our own, like having to navigate cooking for myself for the first time ever. You know, you can't yeah. fall back on swiping into Scott when you, <laughs> you give up on cooking dinner for the fifth night in a row. Scott's still number two on the rankings. I Just... know. I, I firmly disagreed with that. Do by you? The way. I wanted to talk to you about it and okay. I don't think now's the time. We However, later. we'll have a discussion about it. During Temptation Island. During Temptation Island. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like figuring out how to travel, like buying plane tickets to different cities. Um, just all that stuff was was crazy. One of the coolest things that I think I did get to do um, that I never even dreamed of doing is uh, I got to scuba dive in the Great Barrier Reef. Which oh, that sounds cool. Wild. Is yeah. it not dead? Yeah, it's not dead. Not not dead. <laughs> uh, well, well, here's the problem that I realized. Here's what I realized. You see all those pictures on Twitter of the reef. Yes. And it's 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 you know brown. It, it doesn't look healthy. We follow the same accounts. Apparently, we do. We do. We have the same Twitter. <laughs> It, that's what it just looks like like it's not oh, really? it's not as as colorful as people think it is <laughs> so we were you know there and like there's some nice colors and things mm-hmm. like that but the majority of it is like kind of you know a duller yeah. brownish the colors aren't quite as bright as people make it look so whenever you see a picture <laughs> of the reef you know maybe it's dead but most likely it's it's not dead that's just how it is that's just how it is <laughs> <laughs> what are some other cool things you did while you were there oh man i mean just getting used to walking downtown and seeing the opera house and that not being a weird thing anymore was absolutely wild. Uh, But I, one of the cool things that we got to do, which I really enjoy, but I've never really gotten to do a lot of is go surfing. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The surfing is pretty popular there. So we would one, we, one Friday we all took work off and uh, ferried over to Manly beach, which is one of the more popular beaches Mm -hmm. in Sydney. And we just surfed all day and got wrecked by the waves because none of us are good. But it was, you know, it was fun. Gnarly. Gnarly, dude. <laughs> Rock on. Did you find Nemo while you were there? I didn't find Nemo, dude. That's not a real address, by the way. What? For anyone P- wondering. P. Shelby. Sherman. 42. That's it. Wallaby Way, Sydney. P. Sherman. Not a real address. Also, did you know that P. Sherman is the dude's name, not part of the address? How long did it take you to figure that out? Just now. <laughs> Rohan was today years old. 20 years of life. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. That's crazy. Who would have thought? What's the wildest thing that happened while you were in Australia? Oh, man. Definitely. I think a lot of them came with going out um, to the bars downtown because the drinking age is 18 there. So, like, the crowds that you see are just nuts. (laughs) There's one bar in particular that is literally just what you would think of when you think of like an up class like they had a ridiculous cover charge that i'm it was like a stupid amount of money that i'm not proud of paying that i'm not gonna (laughs) say um but you had to like pay to go in like everyone's wearing like masquerade masks and like tuxedos and there's like cages that like people go and dance like it was super weird and it's just like the weird high life of downtown Sydney, Australia that we just got to peruse because we were 18 years old, you know? like. Did you go in one of the cages? I stayed away. <laughs> I stayed away from the cages. That was not my That's area. interesting. Yeah, man. It was just bizarre. And so this is a reoccurring trip. 
students will go on this in the future. Yes, students will go this summer. They will go. And how is it funded? Did you have to pay for it out of pocket or were there other means that you could go through? Yeah, so luckily Step was pretty big. That's $2,000 right off the bat. And then Fisher had a couple scholarships. I think I got like 500 from Fisher. That um, probably covers most of it then. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was well, I mean, the pro. yeah, it was, it was a good amount of it for sure. Nice. Yeah. Okay, on to our third main topic here. Mm-hmm. And that's Student Alumni Council. Oh, yes. Big SAC guy. That's the biggest part of your brand. <laughs> SAC. The SAC brand. It's funny because when you were talking about hating finance so much earlier, I knew we were going to eventually You're the VP of finance for Student Alumni Council. SAC. All right. So let's give the people some context. What is SAC and what do they do? Yeah. So SAC is one of Ohio State's many student organizations here on campus. And it really focuses on enhancing the student experience and connecting them with alumni to kind of foster like a love for Ohio State that will carry on Mm -hmm. past graduation. So like our motto is Buckeyes past, present, and future. Okay. Um, So that's kind of like the main theme of the organization. Yeah. So do you guys work with a lot of the different alumni clubs throughout the nation? Yeah. So I mean, our big associate is the alumni association of ohio state Mm -hmm. so we're we're technically like the student arm so you guys are two distinct entities yeah definitely two distinct entities but we're kind of um a part of them i would say we're kind of like their student arm okay and so let's go from the beginning why did you first get involved with it yeah and that's it's kind of a random thing to yeah be involved and i know a decent number of people in sac and it seems like they're just like, oh, this seems like a cool thing to do and be a part of. But it's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, why? 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 <laughs> I know. And that's I. it's hard to really explain. Um, as cheesy as it is, I was literally at the involvement fair and I decided to like, you know, you go with all your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you walk around with your friends and go to the things that your friends think are cool. And yeah. I was like, I'm probably just I'm going to branch off for a little bit, go walk around on my own, see where it takes me. I just walked right to it, you know, and then the person who I was engaging with at the booth, I still remember it was her name was Jazz. She was the VP of membership when I first joined. And she was like the only person at the whole involvement fair who like really wanted to talk to me. You yeah. know, which is it was just weird. Like all it's the other comforting. booths, you know, yeah. they just hand you a flyer, but Yeah. I felt like really in, engaged, you know. Mm-hmm. What was your first role in SAC? My first role was the program coordinator of alternative fundraising. Big title. Big title. Huge title. Uh, Big title, not so big role. (laughs) It was pretty much like setting up restaurant fundraisers and things like that. Um, But I kind of wanted to do more with it. So that's Mm -hmm. when I designed a program, which was basically just a volleyball tournament. It was called SAC Spike. We did it in the spring, but it was the first time we ever did it. Oh yeah, that's um, still going on. Yeah, that, just happened. Like it just last happened week. last week, and our other roommate Michael, yeah, got a bunch of his high school <laughs> volleyball <laughs> friends, and they just ran through everybody, and it was kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of started that program. That was a ton of fun, and then the following year, I became VP of Finance, and that's where we're at. And so what's your main role as VP of finance for SAC specifically, but then like as a whole, I feel like VP finance across all student orgs have the same general role. So what is it? Yeah. So it's basically deciding who gets to spend money. You know, Mm -hmm. in the end, you you make the budget and throughout the year, you know, people follow it. Um, 
I do a lot of like reimbursements, things like that, um, handle like all the transactions throughout the year. So kind of all the like logistical things in terms of how are we mm-hmm. paying for things. And so a lot of kids that are joining student orgs often do so because they're looking at the prospect of getting leadership experience like one, two years down the road because that's what every, pretty much every job candidate is looking for. Yeah. Right. And so how can other students go about what you did to obtain those leadership experiences and like kind of climb up the ranks in a student organization to then be elected to a leadership position? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. Um, And it kind of just comes down to a personal philosophy I have, which is just you get involved with the things that you know you're going to commit to. So Mm -hmm. when I joined SAC, I was like, this is something that I want to be a part of and I want to have a leadership role in someday. So I just kind of, with that in mind, I just did everything, keeping in mind that someday, you know, I wanted to be an important leader in this organization and I just did the things that I needed to do to get there. In student organizations, it's all about the more involved you are, the more people are going to recognize that you deserve to be someone right calling the shots and you know making decisions and being a leader you know so dive in and commit yeah 100 dive in commit get to know everyone mm-hmm. not just you know your friends your clique who you came in with and people will realize your potential you know so how does that role translate to an internship or a career i think it's mostly seeing the big picture you know mm-hmm. seeing that like this, you know, this random thing comes up that would be a great opportunity right now. Like, do we have the money to pay for it? In a lot of cases, it's, you know, yes, because in the end, it's going to further the organization's goal. Something's going to come out of it. Right. Um, so just, you know, keeping that, that bigger picture in mind and using that to make key decisions. Cool. Yeah. One thing I didn't know, I found out about 20 minutes ago, is that you're an OSU student ambassador. So you give tours? Yes, yes. I, I didn't know tours. that at all. You didn't know that at all, dude? You been, know your roommates, I've been, going, I guess. I've been going to work like every... <laughs> You've been giving tours and I had no idea. Times a week. I, I guess I haven't run into you on tour. I no. run into Mike pretty often. I run into all of the guys that we know who are yeah. tour guides. But yeah, never you. Okay, so that means you've had to memorize like a 400-page <laughs> script. What is that experience like? Yeah. What has that taught you? That's wild. <laughs> Dude, it's taught me that you can memorize anything if you put your mind to it. Yeah. Like, oh my Lord. The the actual script is like 60 pages. Uh, like actually. Mm-hmm. And like I could sit down right now, look you in the eye and give you the entire 90 minute walking tour right <laughs> like right now. I will do it for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm super intrigued now. What's What's the weirdest thing that's happened? What's the dumbest thing a parent has done or like a pro- prospective student dude, I, hopefully they're not at osu but. Yeah. dude the thing is is like i haven't even been doing this long like i started in the fall and there's already like way <laughs> more stories than i thought there's gonna be this i'll tell you this one though because it happened literally on monday i think no this is monday so it happened friday and it's you just like it's so weird how small the world is and this is a great example of it i was giving a tour to some lady and she you know, I say I'm from Toledo, Ohio, obviously mm-hmm. I get my introduction. Um, and she was kind of eyeing my name tag throughout the tour. <laughs> and she was like asking me a lot of specific questions about Toledo, like that I, most people don't know about yeah. Toledo, you know, like high school specific questions. <laughs> so clearly she knows something. Mm-hmm. And we get to the RPAC um, for the break halfway through. And she comes up and looks at my name tag and she's like, what's your last name? And I was like, DeSalle. She was like, is your dad a doctor? <laughs> I was like, yes. She was like, is your dad a interventional radiologist <laughs> i was like specific but yes um and she was like 
your dad saved my mother's life. Yo, that's wild. And I was like, what? <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and then she proceeded to tell me about how my dad did a Seikoplasty on yeah. her 91-year-old mom. And oh. It was just such a weird connection. That's cool. Yeah, dude. Super small world. Very, very small world. I mean, luckily, no one has like yelled, Ohio State sucks or anything at my tour. Actually... <laughs> Today I was walking in the South Oval and there was a huge penis in the snow. That was, oh, yeah. that was pretty funny. <laughs> I just kind of ignored it, but the moms were all laughing for sure. <laughs> do you like it when students either like, I don't know, do they yell like OH sometimes? Uh, sometimes. For very, and giggles. Very, very rarely. I would like it if they did. Really? I like it more okay. when, I, when I see my friends. Yeah. And they like yell at me. It's just a little flex. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's like, oh yeah, look. I'm an ambassador and I know people. On it's, campus. A, it's a huge flex. It's like every single person you see is like one point to your ethos. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. That's sweet. Yeah. So if any of you see me on campus, literally yell at me no matter how distant, how far you are. What's your favorite part of the tour? Like what's the favorite, like 15, 30 second period mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for this mm-hmm. to happen. I think Thompson, I think Thompson mm-hmm. is the, the best spiel to give people get the most like wonder in their eyes. in yeah. Thompson. Um, just because it's so cool, and then there's you know there's a lot of fun things to say about it. Sure, um, I like to point out like, so you know I don't know this is you're about to dive in real quick, but there's like a a tradition at Ohio State that comes from a state law that all of the buildings on the oval um, can't be changed. So like the right. in, you know you yeah know. yeah, um, and so I like to point out the front of Thompson because you know it's very historic traditional mm-hmm. looking. And then I point out the back and like, you know, it's like a very modern looking building <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like, whoa. Oh crazy. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's move on to nice the slow burn round. I enjoyed that tangent. Uh, give a quick plug for something that's not SAC. That's not done. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all my plugs. I was going to say <laughs> sign up for Buckeye Run. Um, but <laughs> actual plug, the, I would say the club water polo team, you know, I'm a big club water polo guy. That you are. Um, love it when people come support our games. Um, when are your games? So we our season's in the fall. Okay. So we had like three tournaments at Ohio State this year, um, and we got to play our conference finals here. So that was pretty cool. Some people got to come watch, and that was pretty neat. Uh, but we just joined the Big Ten, which is oh, that's neat. Cool. We were in the Great Lakes League, which mm-hmm. has a bunch of random teams. That yeah, no that one, sounds like, pretty random. No one cares about. No. Um, but now we get but to now play we the, care. Yeah. Now now the people care. Now we care. Um, we get to play Michigan and stuff like that. So oh, that's, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Who's someone you'd like to say thank you to at Ohio State specifically and why? This is a hard one because there's so many people. Yeah, a lot of people like bring you up. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're just a combination of all the people who helped you get to where you are. But um, I think one that like specifically embodies all of it is my GTA um, Drew from FEH freshman year. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, correct. Also, Wait, actually? No. <laughs> graduate teaching assistant. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to get some crap for not knowing Grand what Theft that Auto. was. All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, we played Grand Theft Auto together all the time. That's man. He was great. Um, was, so yeah, he was our TA. Um, he was a graduate student. And he just like cared a lot about mm-hmm. like helping us learn. And he was one of the main reasons I learned like a lot of the things that I did in FEH. He also is like the main reasons we all became like such good friends freshman year. Yeah. As we would go sit in his office hours and like hang out with Drew and like mm-hmm. hang out with each other. And what's his full name? Give him the props he deserves. I. Oh, oh, yikes. Mm, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember his full Drew name. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. That's it. You're Drew Barry. 
<laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your best moment or experience at Ohio State thus far? That's not the Michigan OSU game, dude. That's I'm glad you, I was about to say I'm glad you ruled that one out because it, it has to be ruled out because we all have dude. That's everyone's a favorite. shared experience with that. Right, that was incredible, and that's what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. You know how you have specific memories that you remember more intensely than others. Flashbulb memories. That's what is that a, called. Is that a science word? Psychology. There we Psychology go. Psychology term. Ben will be proud of me. Big big science guy. I love that. All right. So you know those flashbulb memories that you have. There's <laughs> yeah. very like specific. Uh, one that I have from freshman year that I think was like defining on my college experience was the first and only time I pulled an all nighter in SEL. Um, oh no! With <laughs> oh no! Because it was like my lo- it was like my lowest point, and that's I think what makes it my greatest. I feel memory. like I know who it's going to be with. Uh, you dude, you do. It was with Juan and Noel. Yep. Um, freshman year, uh, for FEH actually, we we're just doing a lab report, and we were literally there from like. 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. And oh, that's a long like, all-nighter. Yeah. So I mean, might it start was at like midnight. multiple, many. Are you proud of it? I'm glad I did it. Yeah? Yeah. Would you advise other kids doing I, their experiencing I would once? advise that every single student at Ohio State <laughs> has one meltdown all-nighter with their friends because I think that's With one, their friends. With it, their friends. It has that's to big. Be with if your you're friends. alone, it's yeah. sad, and I'm sorry. Um, but if it's with your friends and you, you can like bond around like having that meltdown together, yeah, that's huge. Then you'll come on the pod and say it was one of your best, what are your best memories, experiences. Dude, straight up. You know, that's what matters at the end of the day. You made it out you made and it now out. you're sharing it. Better person because and looking, of it. Yeah. You're looking back on it exactly. fondly. Exactly. Hey, what's your, what's your hidden gem at OSU or in Columbus that changed the game for you? I'm going to go with two things real quick. Is that allowed? Mm-hmm. Is that allowed? Okay. One of them is more recent but the other one is one uh noel and i discovered for context who is noel noel is my girlfriend and we discovered what i think is the probably the hidden gem restaurant of columbus it's Ooh. called south village grill okay it's in the german village we went there like randomly last year or something like that mm-hmm. um and it's literally like the best meal we've both ever had and yeah it was crazy and we we're like that like we've talked about it since then we were like that had to have been a fluke like it was so good it was we straight up like ate both of our dinners well we ordered an appetizer ate both of our dinners ordered dessert ate the dessert and then asked for the menu back to order more food no way yeah dude um but then we went again for valentine's day recently and it was not a fluke it's it's just, it's actually it's that, just good. that good yeah, yeah. I don't know. that's a happy couple ordering two full meals yeah there you go dude it's nuts <laughs> all right hidden gem number two um the other one is Vomzi, our other roommate, mm-hmm. and Jake Reese, and my brother went there uh, Saturday night. Kingsmakers. Have you ever been there? Is that the board game? The board place? game bar. It looks like an underground poker ring. Yeah. I mean, it's like definitely a little, it's like, it feels sketchy. There's a, a window bit. in the short north where you can like look down into it. Oh, really? And that's why I'm saying it looks sketchy <laughs> oh, as hell because it's like, it's underground. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. People were like watching us. The <laughs> they absolutely are. That was me at one point. He's like you, just like just waiting down. for an Uber once. I was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> there are people playing um, board games. <laughs> but that place is sick, dude. Yeah. It's so cool. They just have a wall of board games. You can just explore them. Is it free? Uh, it's like a five dollar okay. library fee. They call it. So cover. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't think about it like that. But yeah, um, and you just play board games. That's cool. Super cool place to take anyone who's visiting and yeah. you don't know what to do in Columbus. You know? I 
do need to go check that out. That's yeah. been on the bucket list for some time. Yeah, move it up, dude. Prioritize. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you, Rob, for coming on. Yes, of course. This was fun. I think people will enjoy this one. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> for the people. With that, we'll have a brief moment from our sponsor, and we'll come back with Benny Boy. I'm glad you found a way to close it out because I was weak at the first one. And we're back with Benny Boy this week. What's up, guys? So Ben is going to rank the gyms at Ohio State. Huge fitness guy. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> this is a lot of pressure, though, Rohan. You're making me rank it's them by all myself. Let's, and, let's hear them. And you'll just have to provide commentary, I guess. In that case, I'll start with number four. There's one clear answer here, I think. At the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully I'm right, according to you. I would definitely say the North Rec is I would number agree. four. A fairly distant number four, in fact. Yeah, I mean, it's good for cardio, and that's about it. That's about it. If you want to go on the elliptical for a while only, then that's the place to be. If you're not into cardio, it's probably the worst place to be because you have to go up and down stairs <laughs> a million times yep. Yeah, to just to find things. Uh, they have two squat racks mm-hmm. and one Smith machine. Yeah, not a lot of free weights. No. So if you want to do legs you're pretty much wasting your time they have a lot of benches they don't have a A lot lot of dumbbells like you said not much yeah basically it's good for chest and cardio and nothing else it's a shame because it's the brand new one yeah it's like (sighs) most readily accessible right yeah it's pretty centralized i mean it's it's right next to a lot of dorms it's got really good like group fitness yeah spaces yeah but if you're into that, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, then there you have it. Chest, cardio, and group fitness classes. Yeah, the layout is just so weird. I don't like having to run up and down stairs all the time. I know, and you'd think if they're spending all that money on a new gym, they would do a little more research and see what is gonna stick. But I agree. I know. Some people like it, so I the four basketball courts own. in the back of it are pretty nice though. True. The outdoor courts. True. Not when it's negative a thousand degrees like it is right now. Not right now, maybe in a few months. Right. Are they double rimmed? They might be. Yeah, Classic I don't like the thing. I don't like the outdoor hoop, but better vibe than the South Campus outdoor true. courts, though. True. Uh, so moving on to number three, I would say Jo North. I really like the gym itself. I like the layout. Everyone there could beat me up, guy or girl. Uh, you, I think you have to be insanely jacked to go there. I feel like that's how it is for both gyms that are inside of plane hangers. <laughs> to an extent, I agree. Uh, J.O. South definitely has a lot of very fit people, but I feel like everyone at J.O. North is just jacked out of their mind. Yeah, I've never been pushing there. Pushing two plates on bench. I'm frankly intimidated to go there. Well, Rohan, that brings me to my point that I have against J.O. North is even if you wanted to go there, you better be able to carve out only half an hour right in the middle of the day because they have the worst hours of any gym I've ever experienced. As in just like open? Yeah. Like when it's open? Yeah, I mean... This is an exaggeration, but I feel like it's open from noon to one every day. We can check it out. Let's find out. Doing a little live research, but I know for Excuse a fact the that sound of typing. I know for a fact that their hours are piss poor compared to the rest of the gyms. On Tuesdays, they're open ten AM to eight PM. Ten AM is super late. Ten AM is gym. late. Yeah. Because I feel like the main appeal, like I feel like more people work out really early in the morning than anything, maybe mm-hmm. the evening as well. Weekend schedule is noon to six on Saturday and noon to eight 
on Sunday. I feel like, I mean, I know people are usually working out sort of midday on weekends, but noon to that's six. That's a pretty bad timing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So for that reason, not my favorite. I like the gym itself. I don't like the hours. Moving up to number two. I'm going to go with J.O. South, the other Jesse Owens. It's perfect if you live on South Campus. Mm -hmm. It's right there, especially if you're in one of those dorms that's situated right around there, like Siebert, Bradley, Patterson, Smith-Steeb, Park Strad. Those are all right next to it, essentially, so it's super convenient. My biggest complaint there is it always seems to be really crowded. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter when you go. I, I, I would always try to go in times where I thought no one would be there when I lived on South Campus. It's impossible. It's always going to be really crowded. So number one... Obviously, process of elimination, the RPAC. Rightfully so. It yeah. has the most money being pumped in. Right. It. I mean, look at just look at everything it has to offer. You can do literally anything you want there. Racquetball, squash, basketball, weightlifting, cardio, swimming, hot tub, sauna. The list goes on and on. You can it even really go. You can, I mean, I can keep, you can play even golf. Two you cafes can cafes are can, incredible yeah. like some yeah. of the best spots for food. Although I think I got food poisoning once from juice too. You should have you should have sued. That's part of the rant. Okay. For another time. All right. Watch out for their peanut butter banana smoothies. Ooh, that's one of my faves. I've never gotten food poisoning. Don't listen to Rohan, folks. You'll you'll be unscathed. Anyways, pretty good facility. Yeah. It's got a lot. It even has like study spots and like the I know. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. And it's it's huge. And so even at its busiest points, you know, like typically mid-morning and then around four, five, six o'clock when people start to get off class and such. It, you'll always be able to find something to do. You know, you're never going to see every single machine, every single bench taken just because of the sheer size. So for that reason, even though it's not quite as conveniently located as some of the ones that are closer to dorms or closer to That's off-campus That's literally living, the only issue. Right. Other than that. But it's so big, like, they couldn't. Yeah. Find yeah, it, exactly. They had to put it campus, somewhere. Like, right. So for all those reasons, definitely a clear number one. I don't differ much from Ben with these rankings. That's why I'm same thing. On to the rant. This week, we're not going to fall into the trap about complaining about complaining about the biostats surveys. However, we could. We could, but it's an old meme at this point. True. Fresh takes only. Fresh takes. Ben, what's your rant for the week? I would like to talk about textbooks, specifically classes that require, quote unquote, that you buy it, but then you never actually really need it. It's a sham. It is a sham. So I'm sure we've all been in classes where the professor makes you buy a textbook and you maybe use it for one or two assignments all year. And that could, or excuse me, all semester. That could be online or it could be a paper copy. But then in terms of online books, what's really annoying is when you have to buy an access code for homework, online homework. That also comes with the book. You Sometimes you can't just buy the homework access code. Like Rohan, you and I took biochem together. Yes. And we had to buy the combination textbook and access code. You couldn't just buy the homework thing mm-hmm. from Pearson. So it was much more expensive. And I don't know about you. I don't think I touched the textbook once. Not at all. The entire class was lecture-based. Yes. And the homework that we had to do online didn't even help. It wasn't even no, really relevant. I mean, it, it was semi-relevant. Maybe a couple questions out of the 50. But nothing for actual right. like meaningful content or points. Right. Or... right. So we were spending what, a surplus, 110, 115 yeah. bucks to, to buy the homework and the textbook. Right. And so I'm sure just about everyone listening can relate to that. We've all had to buy textbooks that we just haven't used. And it's extremely frustrating because we could be using that money for literally anything else. There is a way to get around that. Um, with biochem, it was a little tricky because our professor said that this newest version would be necessary to 
do well in the class and like get the online homework complete lie there are ways to like use torrents to get any textbook that's of a later edition and so if you can find those ways you'll cut down on your cost for textbooks dramatically i actually had it for biochem but then he said you need the new version and the torrent for that's not readily available um if you want to know about that, hit up our Instagram at Around the Oval. Yeah, you and I are gonna have to convers- have to have a conversation yeah. about no, this later. Uh, legit, I've saved like three, four hundred bucks just using those torrents to get textbooks. My rant for the week is complaining about people with poor bathroom etiquette, and this is something that I've noticed time and time again. One, it's the little things, just like either not washing your hands. The biggest one though is when you use paper towels. And somehow they don't manage to end up in the trash can. I don't see how that's possible. When you leave it on the ground, that just makes it a harder job for the custodians. And those are some of the hardest working people at Ohio State. Um, And I think it's incredibly indecent and disrespectful to make them do your dirty work, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple solution. Put the paper towels into the trash can. Um, And if it's filled, it doesn't take much to take an extra paper towel roll put your hand over it and smash it down it will compress over like 70 percent a lot of the times and you're saving a lot of time and effort and maybe you'll feel good about yourself as well but it's the little things that just make other people's lives easier and i think it's worthwhile yeah throwing away paper towels is arguably the easiest thing i do during my day exactly i don't understand why people can't do it and it happens everywhere yeah any public bathroom at ohio state you're going you're going to see that maybe it's just dudes bathrooms yeah i guess we can't speak for the girl we can't speak for the girls i've heard that girls bathrooms are often dirtier are they i can't confirm i do not frequent girls bathrooms question two or no, that's rants for the week. On to the questions that we have. We got a lot of good submissions from you guys. I think I have a bank now of around like 45 questions that we're going to rattle through. Uh, today, we'll only do three of them. So the first one, it's real quick. Is KCOM Steak Night worth it? Ben, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I've never been. Hard yes. I was hesitant to go and I never did because it's like, what, three swipes? I think it's three swipes or even worse, if you had unlimited like I do, you actually have to spend like 20-ish dining dollars. But boy. That's not bad. I'm... In the grand scheme of things, it's kind of a lot. But is it worth it? Yes, it's still worth it. It's all that matters. It's a bit of a wait, but the steak was way better than I would have expected from an OSU dining hall. There you have it. Go for the experience. Question number two, what's a total freshman move you guys made when you began college? This is a good one. I'll go first. For me, it was uh, not learning how to control my portions when eating at the dining halls. <laughs> It's a good thing you avoided steak night then. <laughs> yeah, a lot of food. A good thing. I, I distinctly remember freshman year, uh, either like the second or third week of school, texting some of the guys on my floor, just help, I'm in a food coma. And that's completely because I was just binging out on whatever Scott had to offer and putting dessert on top of it. It's pretty easy to eat healthy in the dining halls and in college in general if you make the effort to. And that's a lot of the reason why the freshman 15 is a thing. Luckily, I didn't experience it, but um, I was definitely trending that way. (laughs) And the all-you-can-eat dining options don't help in reducing that possibility, but there are definitely ways to go about eating that'll be productive, that won't make you fall asleep at like 3 p.m., 
in the afternoon. If you're eating a bunch of pasta, that doesn't bode well in the afternoon. The problem is you go to the dining hall, you get, you know, let's say a piece of chicken, and then you also get a couple sides, and then maybe you get a bowl of soup, and then you get a bowl of cereal, some chocolate milk, and it adds up You want to get quickly. your money's worth. Exactly. Honestly, that's the thing. Like... And, and, and there are so many options, and no one's going to tell you to stop getting more food. So it's an easy trap to fall into. I can see how you would mm-hmm. you would pick that. Mine is also health-related. Going back to the discussion about gyms, the biggest freshman move I made was when I first came here, you know, obviously that you, you have a lot less free time to an extent, depending on how you budget your classwork and your extracurriculars. But my biggest freshman move was definitely convincing myself that I didn't have enough time to work out. In college, you sort of have to be a little more creative. For me, it, it's a matter of, getting up a little earlier, sacrificing a little bit of sleep, even just an hour, hour 15. The thing is, you don't have to work out six times a week to to be in shape, to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even going one, two, three times a week for an hour is, 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 a, is a lot of exercise, and it's sometimes more than enough just to at least keep yourself physically and mentally healthy. So I think that if people were a little more strategic in how they use their time um sacrificing you know maybe an episode of netflix or or just a little bit of sleep like i do that can go a long way and it's easy to fall into that trap of saying oh i don't have enough time anymore and then you might experience that freshman 15 that rohan was talking about use the excuse that oh i don't have enough time to work out it's so easy i do it too it requires like blocking off a good like hour and 30 minutes at minimum yeah i'll say i don't have time and then i find myself watching extreme love youtube videos for (laughs) two hours at night everyone's done it in college everyone and it's really about just setting the habits and early time Mm -hmm. of committing to two three four days a week at the gym yeah and, and, and if you if you start to get into a routine even for two or three weeks it's so easy to just get in that groove and keep it going the problem the problem arises when you do the opposite and you don't work out for a while and you get comfortable with that right because you quote unquote don't have enough time and that's when people who and this is only if you don't have to work out but personally i like to work out and i know a lot of people do and a lot of people wish they did it more often and it comes down to in my opinion priorities and right. how you budget your time and i think a good way to combat the laziness that can happen is by being held accountable by a buddy um if you're coordinating with someone when you guys are working out and they're keeping you to a certain standard and you're keeping them to a certain standard you're more likely to follow through with working out for that 45 minutes to an hour again all about setting habits all about setting the priorities that you want to have and it's definitely avoidable question three and the last one before we wrap things up here this one's heavy what's your greatest regret in college so far and i think this could get personal very quickly but to keep it applicable for everyone, I think my greatest regret is surrounding myself with low value people and taking way too long of a time to identify and then get rid of toxic relationships in my life. I think this is something that a lot of us go through and maybe not think about. But for me, it came down to and it comes down to to this day, hanging out with people who aren't adding happiness to my life or if they're not respecting certain boundaries that I have and so like specifically for me like hearing words like the n-word faggot retard in the words of one of my like really good friends those words have no value 
in today's society, in my opinion. And pe- different people may feel differently about that, and that's okay. But if I express that I'm uncomfortable with that, and you neglect that and still behave in that way after I express my discontent, then that's an issue. And it's a larger issue about the relationship and dynamic between two people. I think it, I think it goes back to a saying that a lot of other people have said in my life that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I made the mistake, and I regret it really from the moment that I came to college all the way through last semester really, where I was surrounding myself with those low value people at times, but I'm happy that I'm more aware of that and I am more intentional with my relationships now as opposed to how I've been for the past two and a half years of college. Um, For more on this topic, if you're interested in that, I'm not an expert by any means, check out um, the Art of Charm podcast. They have a lot of good stuff on building healthy habits and relationships, and that's where a lot of where these insights come from for me, and I think they could also serve as a similar tool for a lot of you guys, both men and women. Yeah, that's a good point, Rohan. It's a lot easier said than done to cut those kind of people out. Yeah. But I think more often than not, uh, you will be better off for it and you'll be happy that you did it in the long run. Yeah, and I think like that's what will build strong relationships if you can address those things and then correct certain behaviors with each other. By no means do Ben and I have the same like political beliefs or just mannerisms in general. We have different, completely different upbringings and it, it shows now that we're meeting each other 19, 20 years into life, but we're still able to have like conversations about different things and respect each other's boundaries, but then also add value to each other's life. And I think that's important in any meaningful relationship that's going to last beyond the bottom of a beer can or last beyond college. Yeah, it's super important to be able to have those difficult conversations with friends, with significant others, with family, with whomever. It's a really important skill to learn early on, I think, just like you said. Ben, your greatest regret? My greatest regret is probably not learning the art of staying in to study on the weekend when all your friends are going out. An important one. It is an important one. And I don't care what you're majoring in. Everyone has to do this at some point in college. Yeah, at some point it will come crashing down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, freshman year when you first get here, maybe you can go out every Friday and Saturday. Maybe second semester senior year you can do the same thing. But in between, you're definitely going to have to stay in and study every once in a while. I mean, we've all had those weeks where we have two exams, a paper, and a quiz. You're not going to be able to cram all day Sunday, especially if you go out, especially if you're like me, you go out a Saturday, your Sunday's <laughs> at least the first half is pretty much shot. Just have some Pedialyte on you. <laughs> Snap back exactly. into it. Hydrate. But like I said, everyone's going to have to do it. It's You will have FOMO. I mean, that's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like if your whole house is going out and you're staying in, you're just like, oh, that's cool, whatever, I don't care. But it's all about that delayed gratification and seeing the bigger picture and knowing, look, if I can just get through this week, I can go out with them next week. It's definitely going to be worth it to stay in and study when you know you should. And and, and the fact that that's the reason that's my regret is that it took me a little too long to realize that. And I think sometimes I let the peer pressure get in my way mm-hmm. when I first got here. And not that I was failing classes or anything, but definitely I could have done better had I learned that early on. I think it definitely hit for me around sophomore year Mm -hmm. for us we were taking like organic chemistry physics like we're in the thick of it and at some points you just have to be like no exactly and 
stay disciplined to what you're doing. And a lot of times your friends will be like, oh, that's so lame, man. Like, why aren't you coming out? That's the worst. It is. But, of course, like... I mean, I've said that to my friends, but also the real friends are the ones who eventually will back off and say, you know what? You're right. That's a good call. I mean, personally, I understand that for most, if not all my friends, academics come first. And so I think that the friends that you really want to keep around are the ones who are going to back off and are going to realize that studying sometimes is more important than going to bowls or messing around with friends. Again, the high value mates. Bingo. Full circle. I think Kobe said when he lets people into his inner circle, and this was throughout his 21-year career, he looked to see if they had discipline and passion. Can they commit to their craft? And then can they, are they excited about it? And are they willing to do what it takes to get there? And do they just get it? I think the same goes for people that you choose to surround yourself with in college. You want people that respect your priorities acknowledge them have similar ones doesn't have to be the same but ultimately are helping you become the best version of yourself yeah couldn't have said it better all right cool that'll wrap things up for this episode of around the oval if you guys want to put a face to the name of the guests that i'm bringing on in this podcast follow our instagram at around underscore the underscore oval again Rate us on Apple Pods. Give us five stars. Um, like us wherever you can. Submit questions to Around the Oval if you have them. Uh, I personally like sharing what I've learned and different bits of knowledge and insights that I've accumulated over the years. Um, so feel more than free to ask questions to our Gmail. Thank you guys for listening so much. Have a safe spring break, and we'll see you guys next time.